Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 11th of March 2018, entitled The Faith of a Godly Mother, and the Bible reading is taken from 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 1 to 7. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. I'd like to be opening your Bibles to 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 17, and while you're turning there, just a, a couple of other things, of course, that... Uh, let me just mention, we did mention the, the uh, praying for all the tracks that went out yesterday and the people that were talked to. I want to, again, especially ask you to continue to pray uh, for the Pizer family. I want you to especially pray because on Wednesday uh, there were a lot, especially of young people that were here that didn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and we tried to present them with the gospel and just pray that uh, some of that will find a resting place in, in their hearts Pray for me this coming Saturday. I'll be at Skelmersdale Baptist Church in Liverpool doing an all-day soul-winning conference there on Saturday. So just pray that the Lord would uh, would help me to be able to be a blessing to that church there and encourage them in uh, in the importance of winning souls to Christ and uh, and give them some practical things that hopefully will give them more, more confidence to put that into action. It's one thing to know, uh, but it's something else to do it. And so I'd appreciate your prayers very, very much for, for that. 1 Kings chapter 17, we're going to take a reading, and uh, I'm going to do it a little different this evening because really, rather than uh, a bunch of sub-points, I've got one main thought for you this morning, or this evening. It's not this morning, it's this evening. Uh, it's been a long day, but uh, uh, one main thought for you, and that is the, uh, the title, The Faith of a Godly Mother. We just want to look through these verses, and as we progress through them, uh, look at some of the things uh, uh, that we can see here concerning this faith. I'm going to begin by reading 1 Kings chapter 17, and uh, we're going to read the first seven verses, and then we're going to kind of take the rest of the chapter as we come to it. So I invite you to stand this evening, first of all, for our reading, beginning in 1 Kings chapter 17 and verse 1. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord. For he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. It came to pass after a while that the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. Father, as we look through these verses this evening, I pray, Lord, that you would help us to to grasp, Lord, the, the importance of faith in our lives and, Lord, that which it can accomplish because, Lord, we know that where there's just so many things going on around us that can, that can dent, that can cause our, our, our faith to be, to be weakened and sometimes to, uh, to doubt when we should never doubt. So I pray, especially this evening as we consider uh, this matter of, of what faith can accomplish especially in a, in a godly mother, but, Lord, the, the principles are true in each and every one of our lives. I pray that you meet with us and help us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. 
and amen. There are many places in Scripture that we can look and we can find the influence of a mother's faith. This day, as we remember the mothers on what we call, some call it Mothering Sunday, some call it Mother's Day, but the day that is set aside to honor our mothers. I believe that no mother deserves honor. All mothers deserve honor, okay? Honor thy father and thy mother, not when they do good, not when they do bad, not when you agree with them or anything else. They deserve our honor at all times. But I believe there is a special honor that's due to those godly moms that walk with the Lord and trust the Lord. In Ezekiel chapter 16, and in verse 44, the Word of God says, Behold, everyone that useth Proverbs shall use this proverb against thee, saying, As is the mother, so is her daughter. In other words, the Bible is, is, is showing us here that phenomenal influence that a mother can have on her child. We know that one of the passages that we often look when we talk about this is when Paul was writing to, to young Timothy and he spoke of the influence that not only his, uh, his mother and his grandmother had, uh, had had upon him. And uh, if you look in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, the Word of God says this, beginning in verse 3, Paul said to Timothy, I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. The faith of a godly mother the influences that, that it has, whether it be a daughter or a son. You know, none of us, none of us can, can guarantee that our children are going to carry on in, in the same faith that we have, but when we stand before God one day, if, if each and every one of us are giving account for our lives, my children will have to give an account for their lives just as I have to give an account for my life. But what I would really, really hate is to stand there and me have to give an account because my children have a lack of faith because they didn't see that faith in their parents, okay? We have a phenomenal, awesome responsibility that we have in the lives that we live before our children and that which we teach them. Why does the Bible tell us to train, them in the, train a child in the way it should go and that when it's old, it shall not depart from it? The truths of God, when implanted in the heart, it's going to have its influence. It's going to have its effect. Each and every one of us are a product of all those influences upon our life. I'm not so foolish as to think that as I stand here before you this evening as a not-so-young man, that a lot of who I am, a lot of the way that I think, a lot of even the way that I preach is also responsible and due to the fact that my parents taught me the Word of God from a baby right through childhood. 
I'm, I'm not so foolish as to think that being raised in that home did not have its influence upon me. Now, my walk with God and my faith with God cannot be dependent upon what my parents did when I was a child. But they lay that, that foundation that is there. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 15, notice what it says beginning in verse 21. We see here the faith of a godly mother results in the deliverance of her her own daughter. It says, Then Jesus went thence and departed to the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he, Jesus, answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. He was there for the nation of Israel. She was a part of the nation of Israel. Did that deter her? Notice verse 27, and she said, Truth, Lord. Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Verse 28, then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very day. There's a couple of things I get from that, but what I want you to grasp here is here is a mother's faith that her daughter is in trouble. She goes to the man of God, and it's her faith that brings about the healing. Even when she knows, I know I don't deserve this, Lord. I know I don't deserve it from you. But, Lord, please, please, would you touch my daughter? You see, so many times, I, it almost frightens me sometimes today when I see people going and demanding things of God because of who they are, because of what they are. Folks, none of us deserve to demand anything. But at the same time, we can have a faith and a confidence in our Lord that he cares. He cares for us. He cares about everything about us. And he, he cares so much for the needs that we have and those around us. We find in Hebrews chapter 11, the faith of a godly mother and her husband results in the faith of a godly son, which results in the faith of a whole nation. Look with me, if you would, in Hebrews chapter 11, the great faith chapter in the Word of God. And come down with me to, uh, to, verse, uh, to verse 23, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23. Notice what the Word of God says here. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child. By faith, Moses was hid as a child. By faith, his parents, by faith, acted when they hid that child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment because they had faith in God. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughters. It was the parents' faith that was put into action first that hid him there so that the king's men wouldn't find him. But then when Moses came of age, it was by his own faith that he stood up and refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God 
than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Folks, we're talking about the king. We're talking about the greatest rewards, the greatest treasures of Egypt is what was being offered to him. And yet, because of his faith, he chose no. Rather than to have all of that, I'll take the afflictions with the children of God, with those that belong to God. Verse 27, by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who was invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they possessed through the Red Sea, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians, assaying to do, were drowned. You see, from the moment the birth of Moses into this world, <laughs> His parents had to trust in God for his life to even be saved. But as he grew, first of all, into a young adult and later into manhood, we find that it was his faith that was being exercised, his faith in the God. And, of course, God used this man to lead a whole nation and to set them free from the Egyptian bondage. We could look at many others, but I want you to, to look back once again, if you would, to our reading in 1 Kings Chapter 17. Let's just look at a few things about this passage here that we began reading in, in chapter 17 there a moment ago and find that here it is that first of all it's Elijah himself, his faith in God, that he went down to the brook Cherith and he had to trust God to do what he said and to feed him and he did. And the ravens came and the ravens fed him. But then notice in, in verse 8 that Something else happens here, and let's just read these first few verses. It says, And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Moses, I mean, Elijah, talking about Moses in Hebrews, Elijah, <laughs> Elijah, I'm the one that sent you here, and you've done that, and you've trusted me. Now, Elijah, it's time to do something else. Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose, and he went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I'm, I'm gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. I want you to recognize as we look at the faith of this godly mother here, this widow. She has no husband. She's on her own to take care of her child. But it's a faith that are going to be surrounded always by the circumstances of life. Now, God's already told Elijah that this is where he's to go, that he's going to find this widow lady and that God's going to sustain him through her. But yet, when he gets to the gate, he finds the widow lady there. And so he first he asks her for the water, and then he asks her for the, for the bread, for the piece of cake. And she says, you know, she said, 
Things aren't real good for me right now. She said, I don't have a whole lot. I don't have a cake to give to you. I've got just a little bit of meal, just a handful in a barrel. And I got just a little oil in a cruise. As a matter of fact, you find me here right now. I'm simply gathering two sticks so that I can go in and dress it for me and my son that we might eat it and die. This is going to be our last meal. I've got nothing else. You know, it's, it's not that I don't want to help you. But she says, this is all that I've got in the world. So many times it's easy for us to try to put our faith into action when all the circumstances around us are in perfect order and we don't have any wants and we don't have any needs and, and everything's to be just what it needs to be. But I want you to understand the faith of a godly mother is a faith that's going to be surrounded many times by circumstances that are less than perfect. Sometimes, as in this case, that are far from perfect. Men, this same principle applies to each and every one of us in our faith. It just happens to be a widow woman that we're looking at here. But not only that, notice in the next verse, in verse 13, here she is. He's asking her for the water. Okay, she's going to go get that. He's asking her for this cake of bread so that he can eat. She said, man, this is all I've got. What does Elijah say to her? And Elijah said unto her, fear not. Go and do as thou hast said. But what she said, she was going to gather two sticks. She was going to make a cake of bread for her and her son so that they could eat their last meal, the last thing they've got on this earth, and then they were going to just lay down and die. Well, you go and you make that cake like you were planning to do it. Do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first and bring it unto me, and after that, make for thee and for thy son. You see, it's a faith that not only is going to be tried by surrounding circumstances, how am I going to do this? I don't have the wherewithal to have it. I don't have anything myself. How am I going to be able to do something for this one? But this is a faith that's going to require God and his work to come first. See, the natural thing in the flesh is, oh, man, I can't do that. I can't do that because I don't even have enough to survive off of myself. The faith of a godly mother, the faith that accomplishes what's being accomplished here is a faith that is tried by the surrounding circumstances. But it's a faith that requires putting God in his work first. The man of God says, you go ahead. You do what you were going to do. But before you do that, you make a cake for me first. You put God's work first, and then you and your son eat. Notice verse 14. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. Remember where we started back there? The drought was being sent back in the very first verse that we read here. There shall, be not, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. There was a drought. There was no rain. They were running out of food because there was nowhere to get food. But God is saying to her, look, look, I know the circumstances are bad, but you've got to trust me. 
You got to put me first. You do what you were going to do for you and your son, but put me first. Do for me first what you're going to do. And he says, you know what the Lord says? <laughs> the Lord says that that barrel is not going to run dry until he sends rain on this earth. Until God sends the rain for more supplies to come in, you've got everything you need because you've got God supplying that barrel. You see, it's a faith. It's a faith that we must trust. I don't care what the circumstances are. I don't care what our needs are. We've got to implicitly trust the Word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It's not about circumstances. It's not about our feelings. It's not about what we think. It's about what God says. God said, that barrel's not going to run dry. You put me first, and I will meet your needs. We find that uh, that's easy to read about, but it's not so easy to put into action. That natural eye can't see it. This woman, she's a widow woman. She's got nothing else to turn to. I mean, if she trusts God, it's going to cost her. She's going to have to really show that she trusts him because she's going to feed this stranger that's supposed to be a man of God. She's supposed to believe what God is saying through this prophet. She's supposed to believe that. Believe God's word over everything that her eyes are seeing. Verse 15. And when she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. <laughs> it's a faith that doesn't just hear and trust in God's promises and what God says. It acts in accordance to God's word. So many people today, they want us to do this and do that and do the other and all these things. I'm saying that God promises it here, and these are the instructions that we must follow. It's not just knowing it, it's acting upon it, it's doing it. It's one thing to sit back and say, yes, I believe God can do that. But do you believe God will do it? Not because somebody else has told you, I I know it's with the best of intentions, and I don't mean it with a nasty bone in my body. I've had people come up to me before, Brother Olu, and say, God told me to tell you this. And they go on to tell me exactly what God's told them to tell me. And I'm kind of scratching my head. I said, well, you know, as far as I know, last time I checked, I'm on speaking terms with God. <laughs> Why didn't he tell me himself? <laughs> Why isn't God telling me that? Because, folks, I do believe that people can mean the very best. But I'm saying to you, when it's all on the line, when it comes to really living and walking by faith, it's not trusting in what some man says to you. It's trusting in what God says to you, and he's recorded it in his word. We're all fallible human beings. I could have absolute genuine sincerity in my heart that it's God that's saying this, and yes... God works in our lives through circumstances. I know what that still small voice is when sometimes it's like God is just getting a hold of me and shaking me and said, wake up, stupid. <laughs> Don't you hear what I'm saying to you? Sometimes God speaks to us in all kinds of ways, but what I'm saying, folks, is when it comes right down to it, I believe that what God says will be confirmed right here in this book. God is not going to ask you to trust in what somebody else thinks that God wants or that God is saying. God is going to 
expect you to act in accordance to what he has said and what he is saying to you right now. And here we go. I mean, our circumstances are bad. He said, okay, you put God first. You do what I'm asking of you, and I promise you, that barrel of meal is not going to run dry. What does she do? She goes and she does exactly what she's been told to do by God. She's acting upon that. And notice what else it says then in the rest of that verse. And she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord which he spake by Elijah. I can't explain that. That's not natural, but that's God. God doesn't fit in a neat little box that just does exactly what we expect and what we can see. I'm saying circumstances were bad. But God said, look, put me first. Put me first, and I promise you, I'm going to take care of your needs. Don't we have the same promises today? Hasn't God promised us that in his work? We, we, we read this morning that, that he would never leave us, that he would never forsake us. Isn't that still God's promise to us? Hasn't God promised to supply all of our needs according to his riches in glory through Christ Jesus? It doesn't get any better than that. He's not broke. He's never going to run broke. All the riches of glory. He's promised to supply your need. But we've got to trust him. She's acting upon God's word. She's believing in God's promises. And I mean, no, you know, can you imagine it? She just goes there. She's got this, this barrel, and it's only got a, a handful of meal in it. She gets it out, and she's got this little cruise of oil, and she makes this little cake of bread, and she goes back for the next meal, and there's still a handful of meal there, and that little bit of oil, and she makes another one, and she goes back for the next meal. The Bible said, hey, that's the way it's going to be. Does that make any sense? Is that anything that the natural eye can see and explain? Folks, God is still God. We, we, we spoke at the nursing home yesterday evening that Jesus said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever, praise God. He's the same one from the very beginning, from the creation of all life that is. He's still the God of the universe. Notice what it says in verse 17. And it came to pass after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick, and his sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. I'm talking about a faith that's got to be able to stand in the face of the most personal and grievous disappointments in life. I want to tell you something as a father. And I know, I know, I know that there's absolutely nothing like the love of a mother that bears that child with, within her and carries that child within her and sees it burst into this world. And I can't even explain as a father the attachment to that child. It doesn't get any more personal than this. It doesn't get any more grievous than this. I can tell you, I can tell you that the times that I have, uh, you know, we don't get angry as Christians but the times that I've lost my righteous indignation, <laughs> the times that have gotten under my skin the most that I find the heart is not when people are nasty to me. 
when they've been nasty to my kids, <laughs> when they start messing with my children or my wife, then you better watch out <laughs> because it's hard to keep under control. I'm saying it doesn't get any more personal. Here she is. She's doing exactly what God is doing, and, and God is working miraculously in her life, and this meal is just remaining there, and that, and that cruise of oil is staying there. And then all of a sudden, in the midst of all this, her son gets deathly sick. I mean, so bad that there was no breath left in. Do you know what it means when you quit breathing? <laughs> There's no life. <laughs> There's no life there. What is wrong? You know, Lord, I'm, I'm doing exactly what you told me to do. I'm, I'm putting you first. You've been, you've been working miraculously. Notice what it says in verse 18. She said unto Elijah, What have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? <laughs> Art thou coming to me to call my sin to remembrance and to, to slay my son? You see, it's got to be a faith that's not based on our personal emotions and feelings. She is grieving. And she's saying, what is it? Now, you've told me if I do this that God's going to take care of me. What is it? Have you come here to, to somehow curse me for the, for the sins that I've committed to, to do grievous unto me? You've come here to do this to me after I've tried to do everything I possibly can for you. It's a time when her emotions could very easily get the best of her. That's why you've heard me preach it from this bull pulpit. There are some things that you should never, ever, ever do when you're discouraged, when you're down, when you're disappointed. One of them is make choices, make decisions without knowing that it's God's leadership, because it's so easy. It's so easy to let those things get in the way of what we're supposed to be doing for God. Notice what happens here, though, in verse 19. It says, And he said unto her, Give me thy son. And he took him out of her bosom and carried him up into a loft where he abode and laid on him upon his own bed. And he cried unto the Lord and said, O oh Lord, my God, Hast thou also brought evil upon the widow with whom I sojourned by slaying her son? And he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord, my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come unto him again. The Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came unto him again, and he revived. You see, it's a faith that'll trust your most precious possessions in this world, your children, to the Lord and to his service, rather than the world's, rather than even, you know, those that may have all the promises in the world, rather than the institutions of this world. She trusted the man of God here to take her son. Now, Notice something interesting here, because I've been there, and I'm sure you have as well. Even when he took that child from her bosom, and he, he carried him into that upper room, and he laid him down there, and, and even the man of God is crying unto God, saying, God, I don't understand what's going on here. Are, are you really going to take this widow's child from her after that she's done what you asked her to do? He begins to plead with God. 
And he literally, the Bible says, he lays on top of the child there three times and he's praying and he's asking God. God answers that prayer. God moves. That son starts breathing again. The soul of the child came into him again and he revived again. You know, it's kind of like when Kind of like when Abraham was, was, was there with Isaac. <laughs> and he was there, and, 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 and the Bible tells us in that same book of Hebrews chapter 11 that, that when Abraham took and laid Isaac upon that altar, that his faith was such that even if he gave his son as a sacrifice, that God would raise him from the dead again because he knew what God had promised him. He knew that God had promised to bless this world and all of his seed through his son. And he believed with all of his heart that he had to put God first and he had to do what God told him to do even when he didn't understand it. But he believed that God's promises would be fulfilled. And he believed that even, even if he gave up his son, that God would restore him to him. You see, this widow lady, she just knew that she was trying to be faithful and do what God was telling her to do. And yet when it came down to it, the most personal devastating thing in her life hit when her son left this world. And we find that all she could do was entrust him to the man of God who took him there, and God did this miraculous thing. In verse 23 it says, And Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the house and delivered him unto his mother. And Elijah said, See, thy son liveth a faith that will offer opportunity, opportunity to life for you, for your children, both physical and spiritual, when nothing else will. All she could do was trust. All she could do was trust him to the man of God. But God restored that life. God gave that life back to her there. I know that some of the hardest things sometimes, mothers, some of the hardest heartaches you have from those children that you love so dearly, when you see them hurt, you hurt. When you see them in trouble, your heart breaks for them. You'll never, ever, it doesn't matter how old that they get, they're always your child. They're always part of you. Have the faith. Trust God. Put God first. Stand upon those promises no matter what circumstances are saying, no matter what everybody else is saying, no matter what it looks like with the natural eye. You stand upon the promises of God. You trust Him. You put Him first. He's the only one. I don't care whether it's physical tragedy or spiritual tragedy. There is nobody else that can revive your child except for God. He's the one. He's the one you've got to trust as a godly mother. Verse 24, and the woman said to Elijah, Now by this I know that thou art a man of God and that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is truth. You see, a faith that when it's put into practice, it can only grow 
And it can only grow. And it can only become greater. That's why there's a lot of things, and, and, I'm, and I'm not trying to, to, to oversimplify, but a lot of times we can get so worried and so concerned. Uh, I had somebody ask me the other day, how am I supposed to witness to so-and-so or such-and-such when they believe this or they believe that? And I said, honestly, you don't have to know everything that they believe. There's only one thing that will change their lives, and that's believing the gospel, believing this book. I said, I don't care what background they come from. Where, yes, sometimes we'll, we'll, we'll be having a, a, a session here come uh, the end of May, early June in our missions conference that's going to relate to a, to a whole Saturday and trying to help us be able to witness and cope and evangelize the Muslims. But we don't have to know the Muslim faith inside and out to be able to witness to them and win them to Christ. The Holy Spirit's the only one that convicts. The Holy Spirit's the only one that can draw them. And he only works through this, the Word of God. That's the only place faith can, you can believe in anything else in this world and it won't save you. You've got to believe what God says here. That's the only thing that will save a soul. Mothers, We've only got a handful of mothers here this evening. If you've got a godly mother, you ought to thank God for her. If you've got a mother at all, you ought to thank God for her. You wouldn't be here without her, amen? <laughs> but there's something special about a mom that'll walk by faith as this mother here, that'll trust God despite the circumstances, despite what the natural eye sees. She'll put God first. She'll stand and trust and believe on God's promises, even when sometimes it seems that things are going, Lord, I'm really trying to do this, but now what are you doing? My, my, my child, look how sick he is. My, my child, he, he's died. What are you doing, God? But even then, he doesn't give them to the world. He gives them to God. In this place, it was Elijah. That was God's spokesman. That was God's servant here upon this earth. That was her way of trusting him to God. God gave her that son back. Had she not had the faith to do that? Would she have seen that again? I don't see how. If she had, if she had done anything with that son, if she had blamed God for it, if she had tried to entrust him to the best doctors in the land or the finest hospital, I'm not saying those things are bad, but I'm saying in the end, God's the only one. And sometimes... There is nothing in all this world that can break our hearts more than to see our children suffering physically or spiritually. But we've got nowhere else to turn except to him. Let's not give up on the only hope that we have, the only source that we have, the only thing that can change our children's lives. And young or old here this evening, it's that kind of faith. It's that kind of faith that will change your life, that will change your walk. It's that kind of faith that will get you through whatever this world wants to throw against you. You keep trusting him. Father, I thank you this evening. Lord, this is a, it's a familiar story to most of us. It's one that we've, we've read before, but Lord, it's certainly where, for whatever reason, that you had directed our attention this evening. And Lord, as we look at the faith of this 
This godly mother here, she was widowed, Lord. Her circumstances were, were terrible, Lord. She was down to the end where she had nothing, and yet what was being asked of her was to put you first and trust you to meet her needs. Lord, she did that. But even if she was doing that, and even as, as certainly those needs were being met, then, well, the greatest travesty of all comes when she loses her own child. And, and Lord, what's going on? But even then, you trusted him back to you, not to the world. You revived that son. And, Lord, in the end, her faith grew even stronger. Lord, it's just like anything else. If our faith is going to grow stronger, then it, it needs to be exercised. Our bodies grow weak without exercise. Our spiritual life grows weak without the exercise of, of prayer and reading the Scriptures. And, Lord, our faith grow weak without being exercised, without being put into action. So, Lord, I want to thank you again this evening for the godly mothers that we have here. And I want to thank you, Lord, for the godly fathers, and I want to thank you, Lord, for each and every individual. And I want to pray that on this day, help us. Help us to be thankful and to praise you, Lord, for the life that you've given us. Thank you for our mothers that you've given us, and, Lord, especially Thank you, Lord, for these godly mothers here this evening that walk with you, that trust you. And I pray, I pray that you'd help them, Lord, to have the same kind of faith as this lady did here in our story that we've read this evening. Lord, this account that you've given to us, I pray that you'd help them, Lord, and help each of us to have that same kind of faith when it comes to trusting you, walking with you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Mm -hmm.